0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday night edition of UGA Sports Live with Jim Donnan. I'm your host, Roddy DeBulsey, joined, of course, by Jim Donnan and Jed May, the recruiting writer at UGASports.com. We are glad you uh, took time to join us, not on our normal noon Tuesday show, but we had to do one on Wednesday, basically, because we want to talk about recruiting. We want to talk about signing day. We want to see Georgia get its class in. And I was kind of waiting for the Bulldogs to put out their list of signees, and that's when I knew that Georgia was going to get K.J. Bolden because after they had signed all 27, there wasn't a press release. There wasn't a list out there. They were waiting to get K.J. Bolden and put him on the list. And sure enough, uh, they did. That's the biggest news of the day. Coach, I think it's big that uh, you got all 27 guys. I mean, you had 27 commits when you started the day. You signed all 27 of them by 1230. No drama, no uh, – uh, worries no fears you had coaching changes you've
1: had you to say no worry no fears i mean (laughs) these coaches were tight man i mean that's the way (laughs) seriously it did look kind of like it's a real easy cleanup but i think the the biggest thing is once you get uh as far along as we were with so many of these guys they they you know they knew what they wanted to do and 11 or 12 of them already here uh working out with our team so but uh significant that any time your recruiting class can be ranked in the top 10 in the country, much less the top five, but the top in the country and have the, the best players at each position rated by so many different groups uh, it really makes a lot of difference. But the one thing I want to point out, and we'll get right into using some of Jed's comments, is we talked about during a COVID year, it was such a tough year to, to really uh, evaluate the players because we we really base so much on camps and individual workouts and and by that we bring guys in that end up going to other places and Georgia doesn't recruit them but outstanding evaluators they know what their standards are they know what the times are the quickness drills are all that stuff and it's easier to evaluate them and uh, make a really good uh, move on them and and so we were able to do that but uh, everybody wants to talk about and I know Jed was over there today at Buford with uh, K.J. Bolden and had to be an unbelievable scene over there with everybody waiting for him to uh, say where he was going.
2: Yeah, well, for those who didn't uh, watch it uh, on YouTube today, it was essentially there was nine guys from Buford signing early and each guy they said, okay, this is, you know, Dylan Riola was there and it, is, it, was is, that that, was there. is
1: there a guy that was walking on a quarterback at Nebraska? Did he sign?
2: The walk-on, yeah. Oh, okay. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did sign. He is signing early. All right, go ahead. Uh, so they would say they'd say the guy's name and they'd put a uh, a slide up of a picture of the guy and uh, a team the team logo. So for everybody there was no drama. Um Edric Houston stuck with Ohio State after it sounded like he might go to uh, Alabama for a while and then KJ Bolden of course was last to build the drama. And they said, you know, last is KJ Bolden, the slide comes up and there's a Georgia logo and you could hear the the gasps, you know, throughout the room and they they cheered and everything. So cuz uh not everybody at Buford hates Georgia, despite the national – or not national, but the the narrative out there. So, um, yeah, it's a huge get. It was definitely a position of need in this class because I don't think, you know, of the three defensive backs you had, none of them are, are a pure safety. I mean, DeMello Jones is the closest thing. He's played safety in high school, but uh, the staff likes him at corner. So, getting a guy at safety with the God-given athleticism he has that Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp can mold into a safety is is just absolutely – Absolutely huge and, and really the the probably best case scenario for um, for how this signing day could have come.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that uh, everybody kind of gets so caught up in who's recruiting who, what's going on, uh, and one of the things I tried to do as a head coach, and I feel like the guys that are really good uh, CEOs and guys that run the program the way they want to, uh, Kirby smart when he's after a defensive back, that's just a real edge because he's a guy that coached them at an elite level, uh, played at an elite level, coached at an elite level at Alabama, and he's put so many guys in the league that when he's talking to you, it's easy to look at his background and understand that that's, that's what every one of these kids are talking about. I mean, we hear about the NIL, and it's certainly prevalent, and Roddy knows a lot more about it than then maybe I do listen to him talk about it, but I can just tell you this, that his relationship with the DBs is a big plus. And then you add a guy like, uh, certainly, uh, will Muschamp, who's had a tremendous history of coaching, uh, defensive backs throughout Texas, uh, as, as a defensive coordinator at LSU on a national championship team as a head coach in this league for eight years. And, uh, But the one thing that I thought that Bolden said that I thought was really salient today was Fran Brown, the guy that's taken over for Syracuse, was one of the guys that was recruiting him for Georgia, too. And on his exit from here, the thing he told uh, KJ was, look, that's the real deal over there. You need to go there. That's a place you can play and learn how to play defensive back and go to the pros. Now, I don't know how much Kirby told him to say that or paid, him, <laughs> but it was very genuine and he came across well. You know, sometimes people leave here and it's not real good like the previous secondary coach uh, didn't didn't work out that well. But let me tell you something, and it goes back to one other thing. When you go visit another school, the players are going to tell you what it's like. Yeah. And they're going to talk to you. Hey, it's hard here. But you're going to get to go against good players. I know. I saw that Humphreys gift that's coming in from Vanderbilt. That was something that really impressed him, how much they went against the DBs, how much the offensive coaches are, are going against the defensive coaches, and you're getting that kind of one-on-one competition, and you know it's probably as good as you're going to see anywhere, and it's going to help you go to the league. So uh, that, that was a big point that I wanted to make. But the other thing is just the magnitude of, uh, of a guy like that and his position, we we see the way our secondary has flourished with two big-time safeties back there with Malachi Starks and Javon Bullard. Now you bring in a guy like like uh, K.J. who has similar background to Malachi. You know, Malachi can play quarterback, running back, wide receiver, return kicks. That's the same thing about Bolden, very athletic. And uh, he's going to come in here, hopefully, and learn how to play that position We'll have three guys coming back. I, I sure hope uh Bullard's coming back, but Dan Jackson's back and Malachi. And then you got Thomas and some of Daniel David and some of those guys, but it's just a it just makes you feel good because you know, everybody's been talking about what's wrong around here. Uh and this is kind of an opening from Johnny Carson. This is my opening tonight here. So this is my monologue. We <laughs> lost one player that started for us. Right. One player, David, uh, you know, John, uh, Dumas Johnson, going up to Kentucky and uh, try to help him win more than four or five conference games and see what happens. Uh, that was a low blow. That uh, was low. <laughs> you just snuck that in there. That was it, mean. Two guys that bothered me the most were Haynes. I feel like he's got tremendous potential. He's going to Syracuse, and and uh, you know Harris. Uh, you know, I think he's gonna be a corner that can play for a lot of places. He'd probably end up at Auburn or Alabama, but those two guys worried me a lot more than anybody else. But but here's the thing, and I think Kirby had did a good job relating that today. The portal is good from one standpoint. Guys here two or three years and he's not playing like Jackson Meeks and Muse and some of those guys. Let him go somewhere and play. That's good for them. Like, hey, and we'll just bring in guy like Humphrey and some other guys that, uh, take their place. So, uh, but our roster right now looks good to me. I feel good about our roster. I feel good about these big old gelardos coming in there At uh, in the offensive line, linebacking groups, good, as good as any in America, and receivers coming in. Uh, so, uh, and you got you a chance, I want to ask you, Jed, about the other night watching that uh, kid play that caught the touchdown pass and ran the kick back and did everything. What, what you, you got a good relationship. You think they're playing at safety or corner? And tell us a little bit about it.
2: Um, so, DeMello Jones is, is who the coach is referring to. And yeah, he had a pick six uh, in the state championship game against uh, Prince Avenue. Pick six, 59 uh, yard touchdown catch. He had, I think, two touchdown runs playing quarterback. Um, the plan from people I've talked to is to play him at corner. I think originally it was safety his junior year when Georgia offered, he was playing safety. Um, and, and this year he's played exclusively or pretty much exclusively corner down there at Swainsboro. So, you know, he's real long, he's real athletic, he's fast. He's a, um, you know, a track guy for Swainsboro. Um, so yeah, I think he's a corner and that's, to bring it back to KJ Bolden, if Georgia wants to play him at corner, he is, is your best safety option among the three guys. Because Ellis Robinson is as pure a corner as you're going to get. Andre Evans is a pure corner. So, and if you're planning to play DeMello Jones, a corner, that's, you know, you're three for three on corners there. So getting K.J. Bolden a guy you can put back there at safety uh, is huge. And I told Roddy, uh, Roddy and Trent this this afternoon, I think K.J. has a has some developing to do as a safety still. But with your Kirby Smart and you see a guy with those athletic talents, those natural football abilities, you're just – you're licking your chops. Hey, man, if I get this guy on campus, especially enrolling early, like K.J. Bolden's safety skills, what they look like on December 20th, And what they'll look like on August 20th, next fall, are going to be two very different things once he gets, uh, you know, eight months of tutoring under under Smart, Muschamp, Dante Williams, uh, all those guys.
1: Very good point. And I'll I'll throw this out there uh, behind the scenes. Quote, Will Muschamp, uh, a couple years ago I was over there getting some treatment at the facility, and we were talking about Malachi Starks, and he said, You have no idea what kind of potential he has. I said, well, I got to see him play, and I actually saw him play with Roddy. We went to a game and watched him play against Gunnar Stockton, and he said, this guy coming in early is going to be so golden for him. Mm -hmm. He's not ready yet, but after spring practice, he'll be coming along, and he said, I wouldn't be surprised if he does not start the first game. Now He said that in January. And then (laughs) we saw what he did against Oregon, but Mm -hmm. that's the process that Jed was alluding to. When you think about the calendar, and the people that watch UGA sports uh, for the first time are hearing this, but the ones that listen all the time, January is a lot of training, weight training, and physical development. Then February, a lot of walkthroughs, teaching. March and April, they actually have spring practice, but they have a lot of downtime where they meet and practice and teach. April and May do the same thing. June have player-led practices. So by the time August comes, the they guy's had the equivalent of about 2,000 reps mm-hmm. uh, under great tutelage, and he's got the benefit of watching the tape. And uh, that's one of the best things that I always liked was to put a tape up there of what you're going to do today at practice, but also show three or four clips of the games of that coverage and that technique, two or three good ones and one bad one that you can learn from, that visual uh, acuity that you pick up watching stuff like that uh, really helps you. So one of the best things that could ever happen to uh, any young player is come in here. You're going to miss the prom and you're going to miss all that, but you get a chance to come in here and really develop. And mm-hmm. we talked about it last year, the other point that we made was our team was better because even though we had gigantic losses on the team, we had so many freshmen that were here that were able to let us do the two-spot and keep going and develop some depth, which helped us this year as much as we got people hurt. So same thing's going to happen here. These guys get the two-spot, and, and uh, we lose a lot of good players. So, Jed, what about this old line now? You talk about some big old guys now. Uh, just run us through that. That that's gotta be as big as any old lines ever been signed, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Uh, I think the average is like six, seven, three twenty-five. I'll run you through these. Daniel Calhoun, six, six, three fifty. Nair Daniels, six, eight, three, sixty-five. Marquise Easley, six five, three thirty-five. Uh, Marcus Harrison from New York, six, eight, three thirty. Uh, let's let's see down the list here. Uh Malachi Tolliver, 6'5, 320, and then Michael uh from Texas, 6'7, 325. So, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Malachi Tolliver is is the small guy at 6'5, 320, which is and I coach, I know you can appreciate this. I'm reading a, a book on Bo Jackson, and you can they'll talk about, oh, you know, such and such is a massive offensive lineman, and he's he's 6'3", 200, and 70 pounds you know and then you've got these guys in high school that are that have got 60 pounds on guys who were starting in the nfl 20 30 years ago so um yeah it's crazy and kirby smart did say today like look like we can talk about how much these guys weigh a lot of these this weight is not necessarily good (laughs) like these guys are going to have to get in shape um he mentioned he told some guys at practice today hey ernest green came in at about 350 and he was 320 when spring practice started so You talked about everything that goes on in the next few months. It's going to be a lot for those guys.
1: They've never been on any kind of nutrition program or any kind of really uh, specific skill uh, weight training program Mm -hmm. where they have individual. And uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, Daniel Calhoun makes Marius Mims look smaller. I mean, unbelievable how big he is. I thought – I thought um, Amarius Mims was Shaq the first time I saw him. This guy here uh, makes Shaq look – I mean, this guy is humongous. And uh, the other kid that you mentioned – He's not the biggest uh, on that list. Yeah, what was the second guy uh,
2: earlier? Marquise Easley, yeah.
1: You talk about a guy that can bend his hips and make his ankles move around like you got to have. I watched some tape on him. Impressive. But mm-hmm. I tell you what else is impressive is the fact that uh, they're going to be here all spring to get Stacy working with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coach Dickey, Daryl Dickey, our analyst, uh, he's out there, you know, uh, he, he can coach and practice, but he's another mm-hmm. guy that can help these old linemen. So, uh, you know, one of the things that Roddy and I talk about, Jed, is not to get too fired up about the recruits that are here. Because everybody, have you ever heard a, a coach say, "Well, we had a horseshit signing day. We didn't get anybody." No, everybody's really everybody's mm-hmm. Everybody's fired up, but but realistically, when you look at the last couple classes, we, we, we you know our our team is going to be freshman and sophomore top heavy, aren't it? Isn't it? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think Kirby mentioned something like he thinks 60% of the team will be in their first two years on campus or, or something like that. I had to go back and look. But yeah, and it's, I mean, when you bring in, I mean, there's, there's 28 guys on this list. So you know, there's 28 guys this year. I think there was probably 25, 26 last year. And then if we're going first year in the Georgia program, you, you obviously have to count transfers in that as well. So, yeah. and. But the DBs, for example, he said, yeah, those guys like Ellis Robinson, like DeMello Jones, are going to get put in some situations to where they can at least battle for second team reps because Georgia's thin back there, you know, at receivers. Yeah. Sakobi so White, Nitro Tuggle. Georgia yeah. is thin oh. at receiver. They're going to get okay. some chances. So, um, again, that's where coming in in the spring you kind of – yeah, I, I don't want to say you, you make a full evaluation on a kid and you, you judge them, but you have a good idea, okay, is this kid going to be someone who can help us this fall? Or is it going to be a year in the next spring we really see what you've got? Because, I mean, this is – you know, Roddy, how often last year were we saying, oh, man, lost and lucky. He's he's having a great spring. Um, you know, yeah, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Hall is popping off, having a great spring. And then lo and behold, those guys are on the field in the fall. So The other thing
1: it helps you with, though, is the self-motivation. Because mm-hmm. you're coming in here, you're the big fish in a little pond in high school. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're here and you understand and look at What you're going to have to do to be able to make a contribution, and you're going to have to increase your work habits, increase your skill level, and it's easier to see that if you're here as compared to being in high school, finishing up running track or playing baseball or something. So that's another thing. But I've waited as long as I can. Tell me about these three running backs, because I'm going. Hang on,
0: Coach. Let's let's let's, we got to hit a commercial here first. I know you want to talk about. He's got to wait
2: even longer.
1: Come on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, I thought hey, we got
0: we got to pay the bills around
1: here, man. I saw Billy Payne the other day. I told him we were going to have a commercial free masters program. All right, go ahead. <laughs>
0: hey, folks, if, uh, real quick, if uh, today's Wednesday, and I know that's not our normal uh, double points day, but if you were trying to, if you're like me right now and you haven't eaten anything all day, you were looking at that uh, your pie uh, menu and you're just salivating because the idea of, Ordering some EuroPie now at 6:21, and having it—you know—heck, uh, you walk in, tell them exactly how you want it cooked. I want this amount of cheese. I want these toppings on there. And by the time you've gotten your Coca, that cool Coke drink vending machine, and sit down at your table, by the time you've checked Twitter to see if uh, KJ Bold's letter of uh, intent is in, it is. Then your pizza will be hot and ready for you. So, if when you get a chance, swing by our friends at EuroPie. The this show well, with all you know. Jed May and Coach Donnan and uh, Dane Young and all the stuff that we have is put on by Europi because they're big supporters of Georgia football. And that's, you know, they, they know they're not going reach to the, the, reach the biggest audience. You know, they might reach 10,000 people on this show. But, uh, hey, they love Georgia football and that's why they support us. So please support the folks who support Georgia football. And today is the 20th. You don't have a lot of time left to get your Christmas shopping done. Run over to Dead Soxy right now. Do not wait. Open us up another window. You can listen to Coach Talk. You can listen to, but we, we got some, uh, I got some questions for these guys. I'm going to pepper them here in a second. Um, go ahead and go to deadsoxy.com. Use promo code UGA Sports. Get 33% off your order. And if you do it right now, you might be able to get the stuff in uh, before Christmas. So act quickly because today's uh, Wednesday. That means they have to ship it tomorrow and hopefully you can get it in time. If not, i uh, show you know print out their order put it in the card give it to people say look this is coming and they'll see it the next you know right after christmas so check out our friends at com when you get a chance coach uh
1: i want to make one one comment here on a on about uh from my standpoint about nil uh because everybody keeps talking about you know hey what are we going to do about it hey we got to do something about it so if you're a georgia supporter and you need a tax deduction. You can't get a tax deduction paying the collective here because they say they can't use it. But you can donate it to the Athens Touchdown Club, which is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit, and get a a full deduction letter, and they will transfer the funds to the collective. So any millionaires out there or anybody that's got some money uh, that want to help us, you know, our budget used to be very little. Uh, We're still – Four or five, six million behind a couple of schools. And wow. we, need, we need that money. Uh, Kirby didn't tell me to say that tonight, but he won't be mad that I did. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, we got to, you know, how some of you uh, back in the old days, I probably lived like this too, but lived month to month and you didn't know if you had enough money in your account. Well, we, we got to get to keep our account going here after some of these deals we've made the last few days. I don't know how much money we're going to have to carry over. So if you need to find out something, just hit uh, Roddy about it, and I'll make sure to explain it all to you. But we, we need some help. I'm, I'm just telling you, we need some help.
0: Yeah, they do. Hey, folks, Uh, Coach was very kind to say that I knew what was going on in the NIL area. I've been very fortunate. Some members of UJsports.com are big in uh, the NIL game, and they – I mean, we, we, we were the ones telling everybody about KJ Bolden before it happened. And it's because we have some good sources and good friends at the at UGA Sports. And it's because it has become a um, – it is a race. The NIL race is real. And this is year three, and the numbers are just going up. And now you got to start over. You, you want to get the number one class again next year? You want to get all these kids in the portal? you got to do it again. So I don't uh, – I'm not excited to be any coach right now because it's almost like uh, winning a, an election of Congress. Now, the minute the election's over, you got to start fundraising again. So it's gonna yeah, that's going to be tough.
1: It's really good, Roddy. I, I'm glad yeah. you pointed out. And the other thing is, it, it's not necessarily the end all to get a kid, but it, it's just like this: if you don't, if you can't meet what the other school meets, then you're behind right off the bat. So yeah. you got yeah, to. Sometimes we won't do that, but. Uh, Go to tell us about those running backs now. We got to. <laughs> wasn't going to be able to wait.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, coach's favorite part of the program. So, George's got three running oh, backs. we
1: still got to talk about the quarterback.
2: Yes. Um, so, it, it's interesting because Kirby compared it to a James Cook, Samir White, um, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle kind of comparison uh, with Chauncey Bowens and Nate Frazier. Chauncey Bowens is listed at let's see what it says here, five foot eleven and two hundred and twenty-five pounds out of Florida, was formerly committed to Florida, um, and then flipped to Georgia. So he's kind of the thunder. James or James Cook, uh, Nate Frazier is is kind of like I think the most well-rounded of all three guys. He can he can run, he can catch. He's not, I guess, blazing speed, but has good speed, good vision. Um, pretty much, he's I think number sixty-two overall in the country, maybe. So um, most well rounded, most all around like- back.
1: But he's the number one all-around running back. Rating. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So, like, a guy you can definitely end up using out of the backfield for sure. But then the guy who who I'm really intrigued in is Dwight Phillips, who uh, played at Pebble Brook High School in Mableton. You want to talk about speed? He, let's see, what does it say? Won, won the 7A 100-meter state title with a 10-4-3 second time in the 100-meter dash. God, um, that's flying. His blind. Twitter bio – Lists a four point two eight second laser timed forty yard dash. Um, he is the son of Dwight Phillips Senior, an Olympic gold medalist in the long jump and four time World Championship gold medalist. So you talk about gene like bloodlines. Got, uh, got some anything. genes there. Yeah, some, yeah, that's going to. Um, and and listen, I, I saw him play earlier this year, and Trent did as well. And and to be to be just pretty frank about it, he, he didn't exactly have the greatest blocking form at uh Pebblebrook so it, it's going to be fascinating to see what he's able to do you know with with those six guys who listed earlier around him. with you know, Tate Rattledge blocking for him with uh you know Monero feeling whoever it is um and does Georgia line him up at receiver do they line him up at receiver and move him in at every, you can use him in so many different ways to complement the other two um yeah. you know it's it's restocking that room with with three very different skill sets for sure
1: and i want to give a quick shout out to James Cook uh had a chance to talk to him the other day after the game and uh, he's just so excited about uh, the new uh, offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who was at LSU said he's using him a lot. Like he did Clyde Edwards, the guy they had at LSU. And uh, he he just likes to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and going to get, you know, close to a thousand yards already. Seventh straight year for a UGA back to do that in the NFL and, and I told him that uh, if I could have ever got Roddy to like him, that we'd oh, probably said. <laughs> No, he's he, – We're going to fight got, now. <laughs> I said, I got a guy that really admires you and stuck up, stuck up for you the whole time. And and so I gave you some love, Roddy. But it's always good when these kids, uh, after the fact, still relate to you. And I, I just want to tell the fans uh, how much he's uh, – it hurt him, us losing that game. He said, we got robbed, Coach. We got some bad calls and all that. Talking about the the Alabama game. So so anyhow, going on forward, uh, but you had a good relationship with Ryan uh, and talked to him a lot. And just the fact that he held in there with all that publicity about Raola. And when I was kidding about Raola being a walk-on, I figured that they would probably, since his uh, father, his brother is the offensive line coach, they'd list him as a walk-on so they could use another scholarship for somebody else and then pay him out of his uh, – and I own money, but Ryan is just an outstanding young man and stuck up for Georgia the whole time and take it from there. Uh, Jed.
2: Yeah. Well, Ryan, I mean, like you said, you talk about standing in there. He committed, I think last October 16th, which he remembers the date right off the top of his head last time I talked to him. So uh, very important uh, to him, but Dylan Royola commits. And I think April or may, and he was upfront the whole time. He, he didn't want to leave. He does. He is fine with competition, um never never backed off and and you see his highlights here you know again he's playing i think the best competition you're going to play in that area um it, it, it's still not necessarily what you're going to play for example like dylan riola buford or you know the jeremy hiklinski from walton who's going to wake forest those kind of guys but you can see i mean he's got wheels he, he's got a good arm kirby mentioned today that he he's a baseball guy so he he's got a live arm he can grab the ball and get it out quick um you know what's what's he was six three two tens. Who's got good size, and and obviously will bulk up being in the strength program. So yeah, I think demeanor wise is is where he stands out the most because he's just got this quiet confidence about him. Like he's he's from pretty close to Boston, so like you know how the, the the Massachusettsans can be, but he he's he's got that quiet confidence about him that I think serves you well as a quarterback. And to some yeah, of what have, Kirby said today, yeah, he said he's seen what carson beck has done he's seen the path of waiting a couple of years he knows he needs to develop and and embraces that so i don't think he's going to be a guy who is coming in and, and if he doesn't get the starting job right away he, he he bolts i think he is bought into the process of of, of getting better day by day and, and seeing where that takes you yeah player development is, is so much,
1: so important particularly quarterback level and we've got uh Beside Coach Bobo, you got Montgomery Van Gorder. You got Jess Sutherland. You got guys out there that have played quarterback that are helping these guys off the field because Coach Bobo can't talk to them all the time. You know, I mean, these guys can interact with them. And I can just tell you right now, I've coached a lot of quarterbacks, and I know what. This guy's got the it factor. Gunnar Stockton's got the it factor. Carson Beck's got the it factor. We got a good quarterback room right here, and all three of them want to be here. I mean, Carson certainly got what he deserved, but at the same time he wanted to come back and, and uh, there's something about that that I like, you know, the fact that he, he knows that he can keep developing and he's going to have some good guys playing with him. So let's go over to the D lineman now. Talk a little bit about what we got uh, because I always – you got to do the job in the trenches and we might still take one or two uh, portal guys
2: there too. Absolutely. Well, I mean, going from the inside out, you've got uh, Namdi Ogboko, which he's a big defensive tackle from North Carolina. If anyone, if that sounds familiar to anyone, it sounds like Jordan Davis, who actually was in Athens during Ogboko's official visit. Georgia kind of sold Ogboko on, hey, you want to end up like this guy? Like, come to Georgia. So, uh, well done there. He is, where is he at on there? He's listed at 6'4, 3'40. So, again, another guy who is going to have to get in shape. There's conditioning that's got to be done, but there's only so many guys at that size who, who can move and, and, and plug up holes. So he's the guy in the middle. Um, you've got Nasir Johnson and um, – why am I blanking here? Clearly, I'm great at my job. Jordan Thomas, who – Jordan Thomas actually came in. That's This surprised me. 6'5", 325, a defensive lineman out of New Jersey. I think his rival's profile had him just short of 300. So those are kind of your three techs, your, your Zion Loges. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. position there. And then the guy I'm really excited about, the defensive end, is Justin Green out of Mountain View and then Joseph Jonah John Yee out of Texas, who going back really to last summer was kind of a, a relative unknown. And then he's shot up. He's number 65 or something in the rankings now. Absolute freak on the edge. Long, rangey, He's got crazy athleticism. Can fly off the edge. He's powerful. That's what you um, mean. You know, and, talking
1: about that D-line, yeah. Part of the deal is having some guys in there that uh, can help you train, like Hall and some guys like that that have had that ability to be around. But I really feel like uh, Warren Brinson coming back is going to be huge for him. You know, he just graduated, which I congratulate him on that. And, uh, you know, he can he can certainly spend some time on academics, but there's nothing like knowing that last year that you don't have a lot of classes holding over your head. You can really work on weight training and speed development watching tape and all that and I think Stackhouse I wouldn't go out on a limb and say for sure but sure looks to me like he's going to come back Uh, it's everything in his advantage to do that but regardless of what he does but if you can get those two guys to kind of be the anchor in there along with Jared and Hall Mm -hmm. uh, then you got some big old boys that that are going to help you out so uh, the other two two guys that just make my mouth water because you know Mm -hmm. how much I like tight ends but Let me just tell you something. Those two guys we got coming in here, uh, you can go on and explain about them, and then I'll tell you what I think, Jed. Tell us about those two.
2: Yeah, Jaden Riddell out of Missouri and uh, Colton Heinrich out of Florida. Both guys are listed pretty similar. Um, Riddell is 6'4", 235, and Heinrich is 6'4", 230. So they they play a little bit different. I think Riddell is – um you know nope don't want to compare anybody to brock bowers but more of your bowers type he splits out a lot he he runs more of a receiver route tree whereas as to me heinrich operates more like a traditional tight end he lines up on the end of the line um his film shows him like an h-back kind of role a lot of crossing routes uh stuff like that but both move very well uh, both obviously very athletic they're going to just like sperlin and lucky did they're going to have to learn what it takes to play in Georgia's offense as far as blocking and, and blocking on the perimeter, we saw how much Darnell Washington meant to Georgia in, in that aspect of things. But as far as the passing game, and these two guys look like they can come in and a, at least be complementary pieces to what you've got with Delp and Lucky and Spurling right. going ahead the next year.
1: And unfortunately, uh, Lucky got hurt and got behind the eight ball, but he, he definitely has a lot of potential. But mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, they do with these younger guys when they come in here before practice – you know, they do some deals with them, and they throw against what we call air. I mean, it's obvious it's against the air, but let's throw against air. So there's no DBs. They're just running routes and all. But I saw uh, Ryan throwing the ball to Riddell and uh, Scovey White. Is mm-hmm. that how you pronounce his name?
2: So Kobe, who Scovey is one of my favorite players yeah, saw, in this entire oh, class. Both He's
1: of fantastic. them running. Uh, and uh, let me just tell you, this guy – I mean, he certainly he's not bowers in by any stretch, but he looks like him in a uniform a little bit and he can move and he's got really good hands and he's got good hand-eye coordination and uh uh riding through a couple of V routes where the guy goes down and breaks across the hash and goes on down the numbers to, to white that were just right on the money too. So uh that made me feel good as I was walking out of the building. So I, I'm sharing that it's really not anything that uh, people don't wouldn't hear probably anyhow. But uh, And then Heinrich, uh, just a uh, tremendous background. His father was uh, one of the policemen that uh, was first on the scene in that uh, horrendous school shooting down there in Florida oh, wow. a few years ago. And uh, just a tremendous family and uh, close-knit. They're tighter. They're really tight with Hartley one of the best recruiters I've seen around Georgia the Dell McGee all these guys but you know they believe in him they know he'll train you he's got a list of guys in the pros and uh, both these guys will help us that's for sure uh so what what other position haven't we talked about here Roddy
0: uh let me ask Jed a question real quick Jed uh
2: do you need do you have to go I saw you uh I don't think so I think I've got I think I got a few more minutes okay i think I yeah. hope.
1: If you can you got to go. You're my kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: uh, and uh,
0: he never lets me go. I have to sit there and yeah. I work I work for free. Sit your ass down. <laughs> we, we can I'll go anywhere
1: right now.
2: Ronnie doesn't pay me anything. I'm working for free. I do not. Uh, I do want to take a, a quick commercial break here, real
0: quick, because I do have some questions for you. We have some other uh guys to talk about. I want to talk about the wide receivers when we come back and talk about that linebacker class because I think you know, five star Justin Williams and Chris Cole, and I mean, I. I we got to talk linebackers here, especially in light of what's happened lately. But I do want to mention our friends real quick at Athens Ford, if you get a chance. Now I talk about uh, Europe High being big supporters of the University of Georgia program. Hey, there's not a bigger one than Athens Ford. They They put their money where their mouth is and they do the same thing when it comes to customer service. If you go out there and you take, part of that uh you know make the holidays bright sales event where you're going out there trying to sell your car to them because they'll buy it from you they'll give you a, an online quote you go out there to get to uh, get any sort of service done on your vehicle uh you're just going out there to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle that same uh support that they give the university of georgia they give to you because they want a long-term relationship they want to sell you your first car they want to sell you your 10th car they've been around i think going into their 11th year they've won all sorts of awards for their customer service and if you go on we'll look at the five star reviews on rate my uh, i think it's ratemydealer.com they are always at the top and the great thing about them is you get a lifetime powertrain warranty on just about everything you buy from them and you don't get that at other dealerships so check out Athens Ford when you get the chance also want to mention our friends when you're on that side of town go by academia brewing company academia they uh, are i guess maybe a mile or mile or 2 away from Athens Ford so when you're swinging by that uh, on that side of town, go down there, try the beer, try the food, try their new uh, chicken sandwich. They're always coming up with some new beer and you're never going to have, I mean, you'll have your favorites out there, but you'll never go out there and go, "Ah, oh, these are the same beers they had last week or two weeks ago or a month ago. It's always something rotating. And of course they have their, you know, fan favorites. They're always on a uh, draft, but check out the new rotating beers over there and they always have different food right now. They have some really cool stuff from Jack's cheesecakes out there for the holidays. So go by Academia Brewing Company, uh, Matt Casey, the guy that's founded it, I think they're in year six. Uh, there's not a bigger dog fan on the planet than Matt. So I mean, Hey, Rob, about
1: that charred barbecue?
0: Oh yeah. We went out there, had a barbecue sandwich and when they take the pulled barbecue, they put, they put it back on the uh, griddle there and they just char the on. It's fantastic. I, right, um, anyway, that's enough advertising for you. Just want to, or mention that real quickly. Uh, Jed, I was going to pose this question a second ago. You got six offensive linemen recruited uh, in this class. You got three running backs. You got two tight ends. Uh, You got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Um, It'd be tough to say which, in which area did Georgia do best. But Mm. I'm, I'm looking at Justin Williams. You know, I'm looking at the linebacker group, and mm-hmm. this is coming off the class that you signed last year with Raylan Wilson getting an you know, SEC, or, I mean, all-American, freshman All-American team. Uh, I mean, uh, all-SEC team as a freshman. Uh, C.J. Allen playing all the time. I mean, so much so that they, they it's going to be tough to beat those guys out. You haven't even seen Troy Boyles play too much. But now who else, who else did they sign at linebacker?
2: Well, uh, you mentioned Justin Williams. He's a five-star out of Texas. Absolute, you know, leader great character guy uh not roddy what's his name kirby um was talking that's, about yeah he gets got a, all the time right that's a common mistake he's got a gpa over four he's he you know one of those guys who you can already tell is just gonna blow up his combine interviews uh in a in a few years down the road um six two two fifteen you've got uh you got christopher jones who is, is huge 6'2 230 and during his recruitment he told me he's like yeah i see myself kind of playing like quay walker i was like oh you mean first round pick like starting as a rookie quay walker and he's like yeah so i mean size wise that kind of that checks out and then one of the more interesting guys i think really in this class is chris cole he's 6'3 220 first came on the radar he visited in the spring got offered on that visit and one of the quotes that stuck with me throughout this whole cycle he told me after georgia offered him, he said yeah coach smart sees my ability as limitless and you hear kirby say that obviously it it perks your ears up. he's 220 now he was about 185 last fall so he's put on what 30 35 pounds can still move play really well like you wonder if he ends up being used you know jalen walker kind of role he can rush out the edge he can cover in space play inside linebacker if you need so like that's a guy who y- you might just need to figure out a way to get him on the field with his skill set. Um so yeah, you talk about just three I mean Justin Williams is like 11 in the country, Cole is in the top 100 I think and then Chris Jones is in the 140s maybe. Just three absolute studs for Glenn Schumann who just gets whoever he wants yeah, at that position pretty much I would now.
1: make two on those linebackers. There's certainly some good linebacker classes around the country and linebackers that sign other places that people will say well blah 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 let me tell you something humans like dean smith he picks out who he wants and he gets mm-hmm. it. Wow. so there's some guys that are maybe rated uh and that's why maybe some of these guys are leaving here because they know who we got coming in and they haven't been able to make it so uh he, he really does know he he's a tremendous evaluator and he's got a lot of uh, a lot of different skill sets he looks for and all three of these guys are highly intelligent too like you mentioned but uh that the one kid williams is that the first one you mentioned mm-hmm. yeah. yep i mean he, he walks by he gets, he gets your attention <laughs> not because he's super thick or anything but just angular you just know He's gonna put on the right kind of weight. He's got the height. He looked like Boss Bailey to me on the hoof, you know. I mean, just good Lord. Good looking kid. So
0: what what is the best group? I mean, I'm looking at that secondary class, you know, three corners and a safety that are rated through the roof. You know, two five stars there, six offensive linemen, three defensive tackles, three top linebackers, uh, three running backs, two of the best tight ends of the nation. Could that what? be could that be the number one class in the nation? I'm just saying it is the number one class in the nation. And, uh, Coach, I said this mm-hmm. earlier in the week. Everyone was freaking out about Kirby Smart. He's getting his ass kicked in the portal. Look at what Ole Miss is doing. Kirby just goes out and signs the number one class, and it wasn't close. He-
2: it's 200 and 208 points looking at it that's right now. La-
0: that's lapping people, okay? That is an ass kicking in the portal. And you're getting hey, these guys – I want to
1: ask you one question, Roddy, because I'm not real good in math. If, you if, if, you're, if you're four and then you're 15th, what happened? Uh, you, you, you got your clock cleaned on signing day. And it who was, is it was a team that's in Florida, in Gainesville?
0: <laughs> the, the Gators. This Gators started out uh, you know, the top five recruiting class. Everybody in uh, Jack, uh, Gainesville was very excited about it. Now they've dropped to 15 behind a lot of other SEC schools.
2: Well, I'm looking at they're at 20 in the nation behind sure. the likes of – they're right behind Wisconsin.
1: On Wisconsin, hey, that's a big drop there. and I mean, that's like a stock that somebody found out wasn't very good and is, is dropping. And then the, you look at the portal, they lost their best back. They lost their best defensive lineman. So uh, more power to them. But uh, maybe that back sees a handwriting on the wall at UGA. We'll see. Yeah, that's. Oops, sorry about that.
0: I didn't mean to pop it. I was putting the list up there because uh, it was funny. To your point, I I have to I have to keep scrolling down. I checked earlier in Florida and dropped to like thirteen or fourteen. You're right. Now they're down to twenty.
1: Oof. Oh, what's the difference between four and twenty?
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're right, uh, we Trevor. And TN.
1: We love to bust them. They busted me so much when I was trying to catch up with them, but yeah, we finally caught up with them in recruiting. We didn't beat them on the field. You're behind Nebraska and Ole Miss and Wisconsin. Oof,
0: that's that's not good. Uh, going back to that uh, recruiting class, uh, you talked about the. Uh, you mentioned Nazir Johnson real quickly. I want to talk about. Um, I talked to Joe Winden, who runs uh, National Preps, one of the best guys out there. He said that Nazir was kind of unheard of, and when until he invited him to a camp, got him in the camp that uh, All Star game last year as a junior, and said this kid's amazing and started calling all his clients and tell them about him immediately uh, Kentucky offered him. He blew up and he's like, that guy's really good. He's big on uh, Malachi Tolliver as well. Uh, Joe's a great guy. We're going to have him uh, on to do some analysis here, hopefully uh, before too long, but coach, I wanted to get your thoughts on Quintavious Johnson, defensive end, outside linebacker guy. I went and watched him play. He lined up.
1: At play corner. everything. Charles Grant, right?
0: <laughs> I was just, you took the words right about them. I'm like, this guy feels like Charles Grant. He really does. You've seen him. You've seen the videotape of him. What do you
1: think? Yeah. I remember the day that you were there, you sent me a couple clips on him and the way he was running and running back. But you always like those guys that have that kind of skill set that can do so many things and that can be multiple and play different places. So, uh, but he, he was just a man among boys, uh, the way he played up there and, uh, he'll, he'll jump in here and have a good career at Georgia. He's a good one. All right. We're going to take our last break. We're going
0: to let Jed go. Cause he's been, um,
1: Good job, uh, Jed and hey, all the people on the uh, site, they don't ever say thank you, but I, I get to read it once in a while. I appreciate all the info you put out cause, uh, it's hard to get these kids to talk and you do a good <laughs> yeah. job. You do a good job of building some trust with them and, down the road, I know Right, don't want me to give you any love here in front yeah. of you. Hey, hey,
0: he'll ask for money now. Stop. No, but
1: seriously, that's important to where they'll trust you and talk. You know, uh, a lot of times he'll talk more to you than they will a coach because, you know, every yep. coach is trying to get it. So uh, it's a tough deal because these kids don't want to say what they're doing too much. But uh, appreciate you. And now let's go work on 25. Get your ass in gear.
2: Let's do it. <laughs> work starts tomorrow. drop. Job never stops. So thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, Jed.
0: You're right, uh, Coach. Uh, he, he's already going to be working on uh, 2025. He'll have a list of uh, top 10 targets, you know, according to Jed that uh, George is looking at. And Kirby's been working on 25 and 26. I mean, all every time Georgia had a home game, you look up there. I mean, there were definitely some 2024 kids in there, but there were a lot of 2025, 2026, 2027 kids out there. And then when we talk to them, you know, when they get an offer, are like, yeah, I've been to Georgia about five times. Wow! So they get out there early. Uh, I'm gonna run. I get uh, real quick. I want to mention our friends at uh, MyPerfectFranchise.com, and they're going to bring on Dane Young uh, to close out the show. Uh, My Perfect Franchise. Uh, it's Andy Ludecki. He runs it. He basically his business is helping you get into the right business. He has uh, contacts at over three thousand different franchises, and you reach out to him. It's a free call, free text, free email, and say, "Hey." This is what I'm thinking about. He'll ask you some questions. He'll do a free consultation with you and then kind of let you know what's available. Trust me, you don't know what you don't know. There's so many franchises out there. Again, when hes I mean, 300, be, you'd be hard pressed to name 300. Try naming 3,000. And that's what he has available to him. He has you know, huge investments, minor investments, a lot of time, a little bit of time, the whole gamut. And he's going to try to find one that fits you. You don't have to pay him. If you decide to go into it, he gets paid by the franchise company. So, and he wants you to be successful because if you're not, then he doesn't get paid. So uh, Andy is a a fantastic guy. He's helped a ton of our readers start new businesses. So check out Andy Ludecki and myperfectfranchise.com. When you get the chance, I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Here comes Dane. Let's bring Dane on here real quick. Uh, From the bullpen. Yeah, you saw all the uh, recruiting stuff going down. Uh, uh, you, you got to watch it up front. I know. What is this your third uh, signing day?
3: With you, I mean, I've worked with you for like five years, dude. I don't
0: know how long you've been here,
3: man. And I did local TV before that, and so well, I was. That always you, the- you got to see the,
0: in the the group chats and all the stuff that was going on here. You got to see some fun stuff.
3: It's interesting to kind of have the high-level view when I'm not in the weeds like Jed is of recruiting because, Coach, since you and I last talked, let me run down the things that have happened with Georgia. You retain a quarterback that would have been a first or a second-round pick in this upcoming NFL draft. You lose a five-star quarterback to Nebraska. That seemed coordinated in those announcements, and I'd love to hear your take on do you actually care about the optics of that at the timing of it. You hired a new secondary coach at georgia you flip kj Bolden at the last minute uh what else am i missing here there, there's been a ton you get a wide receiver from vanderbilt uh and i spent the day looking at potential portal targets upcoming now because you say coach start the next class for 2025 well there's still the portal guys that are lingering out there for the next what two three weeks
1: yeah, here's the thing, too. I mean, you don't know how many guys are going to play in the game and then decide to leave, not only for us, but other places. So who's going to be available uh, after the game? Uh, all that's out there. Uh, I've been really pleased with uh, what I've heard about our guys hanging in there and not just opting out of the game, but, you know, the obvious guys will opt out like uh, Bowers and uh, Kamari Laster. guys going to be, you know, right up there in the, but some of these other guys playing, that'll be good. So uh, so what kind of questions we got here? I mean, I thought we made a good hire there with uh, with the uh, Dante coming in. I know Kirby's been looking at him for a long time. Uh, I think four years now he's tried to get involved with him. But, you know, at one point he was at Oregon, and he'd just taken a job at USC. And then USC's head coach got let go, and he was the interim coach, and he couldn't leave. And, then he stayed with Riley, but uh, he, he brings a lot to the table. It uh, gives you a West Coast presence out there. Even though we've done well on the West Coast, very similar to what Fran did in the East Coast, is that he just knows all the nooks and crannies of all those places out there. And we'll, we'll, we'll pick up a couple guys because of it. But I don't necessarily know that we would take that defensive back from there just because he's the coach. Uh, you know, What about he, the
0: defensive end?
1: Corey, Foreman. I don't know. We might. I don't know. But uh, you, you'll have to ask Kirby tonight, Roddy. You can ask.
0: <laughs> the Kirby's already spoke. I, I I think the most interesting thing that Kirby Smart said, again, I haven't watched the whole thing, but twenty three early enrollees.
1: Yeah, that's good. We're happy, but cool. we got we got to nice. we got to figure answer a few questions here, and I got a really good joke to finish up on because I hadn't get to tell one last week.
3: J.C. Green did ask your thoughts on Dante Williams. I know you just gave that, but coach, one of the things that I had heard is why would you want to coach from a defense at USC that has just been dreadful for the last two years? Can you address that?
1: Well, there's a lot of things that go into it. And I just thought if he listened to me, he was, he was working on him when he was doing a heck of a job at Oregon. He knows what this guy is on the field. He's watched him coach. And, uh, you know they just don't have many players that, on their defense, and uh, so I, I think you, association of the defense and the coach is not. Uh, I know one year we had a terrible team, and I was still a pretty good coach. I thought uh, as assistant coach, and I got a good job out of it because I knew my position and I interviewed well. And I was able to articulate what goes into it. And let me tell you something: if Kirby Smart hires you as a secondary coach, you better be able to get on the board. Because he's gonna be on you all day long, not necessarily on you, but he's coaching those DBs. And then the recruiting prowess that this guy has is unbelievable. You look at his the guys he signed, a lot of those guys on the Oregon team right now and at USC. So uh, he's a to me, he's like hiring Dylan McGee or Hartley or Schumann. He's that type of coach
3: you Herschel Walker, coach, when you were coaching, would you have preferred to have two signing days like you have now where you could get some of your new guys in for the bowl practices and get them adjusted to school before spring practice begins? Or would you have preferred it the traditional way? I love this
1: new way. I think it's great uh, just because most of the guys know where they're going to go. You've got the whole month of January to work on 20, 25 kids pretty much uh, or the portal, whatever you need to do. Uh, I like it the way it is. I think with this new twelve-game, twelve-team playoff, maybe the it's going to be a little bit different because the championship yeah. game is going to be moved up another week. So it'll be a different kind of portal situation, that maybe a little bit later signing date. But
3: I love it like it is. Terrence Edwards was in the chat over here, coach, and he was giving a, a shout out to you. Uh, but he wanted a bit more wide receiver talk too. And I feel like you guys may have glanced over that a little bit. So let's talk about what London Humphreys brings to Georgia's receiver room and where you think it stands heading into next year. And I at least think they're probably going for one more receiver out of the portal.
1: Yeah. I think uh, Terrence might've missed when we're talking about Scovy white in the early part with, you know, we got some good receivers in there. And of course, Terrence does a great job with his Academy developing yes, all these does. young guys and He's doing a good job coaching, just like his brother, Robert, two of the best players from one family probably in the history of the world, Uh, (laughs) uh, along with the three from the Bailey family and the three from the Luckies at one birth. So uh, I will say this, that that, uh, we're probably going to take one more. I know we're in on that kid from Miami. He's a big, tall, lanky guy that can be a good – I heard about him through Roddy. He mentioned him, and I knew it's probably true if Roddy mentioned him. But uh, I haven't talked to any coaches about him, but he's definitely – I'll watch some tape. He looks good. And uh, But you look at some of these guys we got on our receivers out there. Bell, uh, Kenny Evans uh, looks really good out there. You got uh, 23 uh trying to think of his name uh, – uh, he he's back, and then he got Lovett and Rah Rah. Uh, so we we need a little more depth there, and we can always play Bolden over there two ways, like Champ Bailey.
0: Hey, I, I love I love a guy named Nitro Tuggle. Yeah, Nitro,
1: that's good. That's Nitro good. is
0: a he is a bad man. And again, when you see Kirk, you, you talk about uh, Jed not getting up, not getting down. Jed's very uh, level headed guy. He's an old soul, as we say. He starts talking about Sokovi White and his face just changes. He's like...
1: Yeah, and Nitro.
0: uh, Nitro Nitro's the same way.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, Francisco says you guys got to give some love to Drew Miller, the punter.
1: Hey, Thunderfoot. That guy's coming in here out of Iowa. And uh, I talked to Kirk Benedict when we signed him. Uh, I said, what's going on? And uh, I was able to tell Roddy about it. And Roddy told all our readers that we were worried about whether uh, whether Brett Thorson was going to get another year because he came in here from Australia, and your clock starts ticking whether wherever you're from the first year that you enroll in college. So he's in college for a year before he came here. So, you know, he, we had to get that extra year from the NCAA based on COVID and everything, and so he's going to be able to come back. But we had a chance to get this kicker, so we went for him anyhow. Just in case, and now we're going to have a chance for him to come in here and, you know, and practice nothing. and do everything. And uh, he ain't
0: going to do nothing, coach. You already he,
1: saw Brett Thornton's all mad that Carson might, Beck's doing you know, back. He might, he might beat him out. You never know.
3: Rob yeah, asked. Rob asked if George is going to be okay at running back next year. I'm going to use that question, Roddy, to transition. You've reported at UGA Sports that George is in the mix for Trevor Etienne from Florida. I went and watched some of his game tape, coach, and man, he's. He didn't have a great game against Georgia, but you look at some of the other stuff he did last yeah, year.
1: He lit up and he could catch the ball. He's got good genes. You know, his brother's playing for the Jaguars. Uh, Dale McGee wouldn't go after him if he didn't think it'd help our room. Certainly, we got these three guys coming in. We got Paul. We got Roderick Robertson. We got uh, the kid Branson that was uh, Branson Robinson. I saw him today. I thought he was a linebacker. Uh, <laughs> Nick Chubb incarnated. In I mean, the same. Type, But he's got a difficult injury. I doubt that they'll let him do much this spring just to make sure that it gets healed right. But you saw what he did as a freshman. So you had those three guys that Jed talked about get a transfer and be right.
3: You answered Dylan's question before he asked, would Branson Robinson, is he going to play next year? Yes, I think he'll play, but he might not practice as much leading up to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he probably could, but what's the benefit? An injury like that, I think he only, not only hurt his foot, I think he had a little meniscus problem too. And I've been really careful about this uh, reconstruction part of it, letting it heal right, because he's got such a thick upper body, puts a lot of pressure on that. Uh, looks like an Olympic weightlifter. I mean, good boy.
3: Well, and then coach, I want to make sure that you've, I know you mentioned Carson Beck a little bit, but just how massive that was for Georgia to get him back. And what that meant just for the whole program for the upcoming year.
1: Yeah, I think Roddy brought it out maybe in one of those columns earlier in the year that what's Beck gonna do? Because nobody realized at that point just how highly rated he was. And I told Roddy that some of these pro scouts over there really thought that he had had what it took. And you gotta remember there's so many people in the NFL right now that don't have a quarterback. And even though you got Drake May and Caleb Williams and all these guys. Coming out and maybe uh, uh, the kid from uh, LSU. Uh, it's still he, he had a late first round, second round, early second round type deal. But but he also can come back and keep honing his skills, getting better. Right, you know Mike Bobo's done a great job with him. He wants to finish it the right way. Uh, listening to some of the things he said, and uh, it's a difficult decision, but it's a lot easier when. You can be remunerated, uh, and I don't know to what scale it was. but It wasn't $4 million. Oh, no. It makes it easier, though, to uh, turn down the money he would have gotten if you get some in between. So it's a good investment for us. But the real thing for me is, listen to Kirby, I mean, we're going to have a veteran quarterback going into uh, Birmingham, going into Tuscaloosa, going into Austin. Going into uh, play at Ole Miss. Those are three top 15 teams, and you got a veteran quarterback as compared to somebody, unless you got somebody out of the portal that hadn't played much. It was just a good move by both the, uh, our, our people and by uh, Carson coming back.
3: One of the I points that be- one of the points we'd made on this channel, Roddy, was that you look in the NFL at some of the quarterbacks that are playing the, because of injury, mainly the Tommy DeVito's, the the Clayton Tunes, like Carson Beck's, as good as those guys. Yeah, I mean now, he, he, he'd have been taken early. Yes, the the thing that I think we should mention off of that is with the SEC being boosted and Georgia's schedule being tougher next season, it matters more than ever who that number two quarterback is. Because I think more likely than not, if you're an SEC team, you're going to be playing multiple quarterbacks for for the future. Now, maybe you have a year that you don't, but I'm saying Gunnar Stockton better be ready because it's just hard to get through a schedule like George is going to have with a quarterback that doesn't get injured. Hey, I'm going to just tell you, Gunnar Stockton,
1: I feel good about him. I feel – I've watched him. I've studied him. Uh, I would feel very comfortable of him going in for us – against Florida State, against anybody. I like him.
0: I think I've been to five of his games, and I think he may have scored 30 touchdowns or been responsible. He threw it or ran for it. So, I mean, literally he, averaging he,
1: six TDs a game. Is, he's very similar to Jake Fromm, um, more at yeah. more, more of a moving around type guy, but just a field general, knows where to go. Heady guy's dad's a high school coach. I mean, he's a ball, player. I've I I felt good about Vandergriff. I don't feel good about him playing for Kentucky.
0: (laughs) That's going to be a tough one. All right, Coach, we'll end on your joke.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wanted to, first of all, wish all the people out there a Merry Christmas. And I I don't know if we'll have a show next week after Christmas or what, but I appreciate everybody being so nice to me when I see them and talking about listening to our show and everything, but, Anyhow, other these two guys over in Ireland that uh, just were terrible people, like two brothers getting in trouble all the time and doing stuff, uh, just uh, always in jail, uh, drank a lot, uh, got caught stealing, just this, this really bad guys. And one of them ended up dying. And uh, so they decided to go have a funeral for him. So the one of the, bro- the brothers said to the preacher said, look, uh, I know my brother's been bad and, done a lot of, you know, terrible things, but is there any way you could at least just have a little bit of a eulogy for him and I'll pay you and there's going to be people coming and some people maybe don't know as much about him. And and if there's some way during the process of that eulogy, if you could just refer to him as a saint, I would be forever indebted to you. He said, well, I'll think about it. So then here comes the funeral and they get there and they're having it's unbelievable amount of people in town there, you know, over half the village. And so the old uh, Irishman gets up there. And he said, "I tell you, I said this old Charlie boy was one of the worst kids we've ever had around the parish. He was terrible, always in trouble, just always doing the wrong thing. And uh, the one thing about him, uh, you know, uh, you know, he he just didn't do anything right. But he was a saint compared to his brother." <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> the, I think the accent puts that one over the top, Coach.
0: Yeah. That's that, that, oh, I did not see that's that coming. Show. That's, that's a good that, That's <laughs> good. That's clean. Hey, everybody, you can take that joke to your Christmas uh party, your your family dinner, tell it around the table, and you can always use the people in your family to use it on yeah so, That'd be perfect. So I right, folks, uh, we appreciate you everybody tuning in. It's always great to end on a joke like that from Coach Donna, who's got it. And uh I, I we won't be doing one on next Tuesday because that's the twenty sixth day after Christmas. But maybe we'll have like a, a Wednesday one. Night. You know, we'll, we'll maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll sneak one in there. But it is uh, uh Christmas next week, so uh, we'll we'll have to see. But you on mean, the twenty sixth, give me Wednesday
1: you... off because I'm taking my daughter to a little uh trip to the Biltmore. So oh, fancy
0: <laughs> going fancy okay. anyway. Uh, just stay tuned. Follow us on this channel. Follow us on Facebook and uh, Twitter, and uh, if we're going to have a show, we'll let you know, um, but if not, if we don't see you before then, I mean, we definitely won't see you before Christmas, but if we don't see you afterwards, then uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year, and uh, remember the Dogs report in Miami on the 26th. They'll be there the 27th, 28th, 29th, going through walkthroughs and practice, and on the 30th, they got the Orange Bowl, so Uh, Stay tuned to UGA Sports, and we will have a lot of updates from practices and from uh, the press conferences down there. We're going to send about five reporters down there to cover it. So you'll have complete coverage here at UGASports.com, and we will see you soon. Take care.